Golf and rock and roll? Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway Don't want no hackers to get in my way The boys and me got a big NASA going it's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. Holly G is missing in action. She is in northern New York. She sent me a little... Uh, Text message with her playing Oak Hill. Not bad. Site Not bad. of last year's uh, PGA Championship. And, oh, boy, is she having a good time with that. Good for her. And uh, I've got Jeff Shane in the house. Hey, Jeff, thanks for coming in. Appreciate you. This is, what, second time in four weeks, five weeks? Yeah, I've been talking to her about her uh, attendance record here the last <laughs> month. we got Stedman in the uh, producer's seat tonight. <laughs> Production extraordinaire we've got on air. And we just had the shot doctor. You know, he puts me on for a couple of minutes and pumps me up, makes me feel pretty good about uh, what I'm doing or trying to do. And now uh, we've got Bob Herrigs on the line. we got Bob on hold. We're going to bring him in right now. Bob, hot. Bob's hot. Uh, ESPN.com. Bob, where are you at, buddy? I'm at home uh, today, thankfully, and uh Good to be with you guys. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Doing well. How's beautiful downtown Oldsmar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, not much of a downtown, but it's beautiful and, uh, and uh, you know, a little bit warm, just like where you guys are. But, uh, you know, we know that how that is. It's okay. We can, we can deal with it. Yeah, definitely. I, I just, I, I wonder, how does da- Oldsmar's downtown compare to Lake Nona's downtown? I would say that it's probably not quite as nice as Lake Nona's, and I've never even seen Lake Nona's. Uh, but, that, uh, it's still developing, it's, believe me. So Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Herrig, uh, so good to have you on. Now, uh, I was uh, looking through your column on ESPN.com, and uh, it looks like uh, uh, Tom Watson here has some uh, uh, open exemption for the uh, upcoming uh, uh, event at the Royal Liverpool. Yeah, actually, he was already in this year, but what they did was this was supposed to be his last year because, um, I mean, it's really kind of silly, actually. They uh, A couple of years ago, they, they they changed the rule. It was you, it used to be that you could play the, the Open until age 65, which is what... Uh, what Nicholas was in 2005 and he played his last one at St. Andrews. And then, but around that time they changed it to 60 and the, and really the only guy it was going to affect was, was Tom Watson, uh, you know, who, who was sort of, you know, well along at that point. Well, then he goes out and almost wins in 2009. He finished second at age 59. The next year would have been his last. And they made the decision then to say, if a, if a past champion finishes in the top ten of an Open, he gets five years. And so that gave him five more years from that point to now. And then they realized, well, you know, 
Next year would be his 40th anniversary of when he played in his first. It'd be kind of nice for him to end it at St. Andrews. So they extended that exemption by one year. Um, it seems like the prudent thing to do. Can't imagine a single person who wouldn't think it's a good idea to have Tom Watson at St. Andrews. Hey, if I'm in the field, I don't know if I like that idea because uh, this guy, he's got a he's got a chance. <laughs> I mean, any time he tees it up at the British Open, he's got a, he's got a half decent chance of winning. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the one place where uh, if the conditions are right. Uh, a guy who drives it like Tom Watson is, is still going to have a chance. Uh, and that's exactly what he did at Turnberry. Uh, you know, he just drove it so well, and you know, distance isn't so much a concern on some of those courses. You, you can't really overpower them uh, that much because there's so many bunkers typically. You've got to be really strategic, and, and, and you've got to be really sharp with your iron play. And, and he he remains very, very solid in those areas, even at age 64. Obviously, it's always sort of been about putting for him, and uh, especially later in his career. And that week at Turnberry, he got a bunch of putts to go in. And, you know, I still kind of remember that shot he hit in. I mean, it's hard to imagine, you know, in, uh, in 1977 when he beat Jack Nicklaus, Duel in the Sun, the very that very hole, he had a one-shot lead. He hit a seven iron for a second shot, and he knocked it to like four feet for the clinching birdie. Nicholas also birdied the hole from a longer distance, and Watson one by one. In 2009, at age 59, he had a perfect drive, and he hit an eight iron in, and he was sort of debating what he should hit, and he, he didn't want to leave it on the front part of the green, so he hit an eight iron, and, uh, and basically, you know, there's adrenaline, and it just pitched on a little bit too far onto that green and rolled all the way over the back. And he was left with kind of a tough pitch and he, he got it. He had eight feet and missed, or, you know, I think we would have had golf's all time greatest story. I, I think it would have surpassed Nicholas at age 80, uh, 46 and 86. So, uh, but I mean, it's kind of interesting at eight iron all of many years later. And it actually was too much. Didn't Watson say not that long ago that that shot also caught like the only part on the green, and it's a very small part on the green that has a down slope, and that also helped propel it off the back of the green? Yeah, I think he, you know, he just landed it in a little bit of an unlucky spot. Uh, and, you know, when it first hit, it looked perfect. You know, and it just kept kind of going, you know. And then you say, well, why not just play short and let it trickle on, which, you know, maybe that would have been the play, but he... I don't think he wanted to leave himself a 30-footer. You know, I don't think he wanted to leave himself a 35, 40-foot putt. As it turned out, you know, knowing what we know now, that would have been far better probably because, you know, even from there, you're probably going to knock it. You know, the worst you're going to do is leave yourself a 4-footer. That's easier to make than an 8-footer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it one of those things. It's, it's really amazing to think how, how close he came would have been 11 years older than the oldest major champion. Yeah, he's got a chance. Uh, you know, I, I think especially at something like uh, St. Andrews, uh, legitimate, you know, that would be a great way to send it out <clears throat> 40 years on. The, in only, your, uh... the only problem I have with St. Andrews is that it just seems like it's been yielding really low scores, you know, yeah. like it's, you know, like in the dub, well into double digits. You know, or and I think Ustazen won by a bunch the last time, and I think he was 10 or 12 under par. When Tiger won, he was you know, 14, 16 under. 
and I think that doesn't suit him as well. I think the winning score needs to be like in the six to eight under range where, you know, it's just tough enough to where birdies aren't that easy to come by, but yet he isn't affected by, by having, you know, at the Masters he's doomed because he's hitting four irons and three irons and four guys are hitting sixes and sevens. You know, so Royal Liverpool this year, depending on the conditions, could be that way. It could really, it could be a, you know, it could be a test where, you know, in, in, when Tiger won there, he didn't hit, a, he hit one driver. Uh, so, uh, you know, Watson does, that, that bodes well for a guy like Watson. He can hit driver and not hit it into the trouble. Yeah, that's the old set there. Now we're talking a little Tom Watson with Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. How about Tiger now? Tiger's got to be making some kind of move somewhere, somehow. Where is he? What's going on? Yeah, well, apparently he's spending at least part of this week on a vacation with his kids, and I understand he he was you know going to be working in some practice as part of that. Um, you know, typically the week before a major throughout his career has been grinded out week at home. You know, uh, uh, you know, just uh, when working on his game. Uh, you know, from Monday through to the weekend before he heads over. And it appears that's what he's going to do again. Um, he's never played in a major, the week, uh, the week before a major, at any time in his pro career except the PGA Championship, and he's done that ten times, actually. But but lately, more out of necessity, they, they moved the World Golf Championship uh, Bridgestone Tournament to the week before. It's not a tournament he's going to skip, so he's done it. But typically, like the work on his game at home the week before. And, you know, as I think a lot of people saw last week, he's got a lot to work on, you know, and, uh, you know, can, can he, can he get competitive and ready by two weeks from tomorrow? I don't know. I think it's a big ask. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you ever say never with him. Well, you know, the good news is he's going to be there and that brings the eyes to the television. And uh, let's uh, wrap this up, Bob. Now, uh, uh, you know, everybody, including uh, myself and Jeff, we were watching the uh, the soccer match last <laughs> night. You were, were you a soccer fan last night? Absolutely. I thought it was terrific. You know, obviously disappointed in the result, but uh, you know that was uh, that was really a fun couple of weeks there following them. And um, you know, it. Uh, I guess you know. If there's a downside in not being any kind of an expert, I, I shake my head at the, the notion that a country of 250 million plus people, you know, can't find 30 players that can be as good as a country the size of Ohio. You know, <laughs> you know I, I realize that they have a pedigree and this is this is what they do, but you know, you know, it's it, it's it, it should be what what a bunch of our people aspire to as well. I I'm sort of hoping that this one and the last one have maybe uh, you know inspired some some young people to want to get involved in soccer and 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 be on that stage. I mean, could there could there be anything more riveting and exciting to to be part of that? And uh, I thought it was great. You know, I think that goes a long way. There's a lot to be said about that. Two weeks you're just uh, speaking. Of you know, and 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 that that includes junior golf as well. How did we inspire kids to get involved with junior golf? Hey, listen, how do you get kids to go to soccer? You you put on a show like they did the last couple of weeks. You know that's just driving the numbers up. 
But, uh, hey, Bob, man, we appreciate you coming in tonight. And uh, Jeff and I, we're going to take it away for a little commercial break. And, uh, Bob, thanks, brother. All right, Bob's out. We're out. We'll be back in a minute for the second break, uh, second half here. We've got, uh, yeah, what do we got? We got, we got uh, Steve Eubanks coming Steve in. Steve Eubanks from, Global, from Golf uh, Post. Global Golf Post. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thanks for the save, Jeff. Nice. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Oh, struggler's blues. We're back. Making you home on the friendly fairways of I-4. Jeff Shane in the house. Rich B. Holly G is missing somewhere. She's in, uh, you know, Never Never Land. Having another vacation. Great summer uh, for Holly. Good for her. Now, uh, okay, we got Justin Rose wins uh, one hole playoff. Sean Stefani. Is he? Is Actually, he? it's it's Sean Stephanie. Oh, he's not related. Not, not no relation to the yeah. to the No Doubt singer. So. <laughs> Uh, did you see that playoff? The guy hooks it right out of the, you know, he didn't even leave himself a third shot. Well, it was funny because at the end of regulation, Sean Stephanie hits, pipes this great drive down the middle of the fairway, uh, makes a, makes the putt, you know, gets himself into the playoff. And Justin Rose, who only needed a par to avoid the playoff, hooked this terrible shot and yeah. and and wound up bogeying, and then. You put them back on the 18th tee, what is it, 20 minutes later, and the roll's completely reverse. Yeah, hit that snap hook right out. I mean, the guy's right off the tee. He's, uh, he's out of the out of the game. But, uh, anyway, it was fun to watch. And uh, we've got, uh, yeah, we've got uh, on the line, we've got our man Steve Eubank with Global Golf Post. Uh, Steve Eubank, you there? I am indeed. How are you guys today? Hey, we got Jeff Shane in the house, Rich Bianco. Steve Eubank with Global Golf Post. What do you got? What's the lead story you got going on there at ggp.com? Well, you know, obviously the, the, the Greenbrier this week uh, is, is going to be interesting, but I think it's a, you know, it's a lead up to what's up with Tiger and is he even close to being ready to uh, compete at, at major championship level? Because I got to tell you, the guy looked lost this week. He didn't just look like he was dusting some rust off. He looked like a guy who was physically lost and somewhat emotionally lost. I mean, if you looked into his eyes, there was just a distance there that I don't think a lot of us have seen from Tiger perhaps ever. And uh, to hear him talk and, and to hear kind of the resignation in his voice, it, it was it was a little jarring for those of us who have covered him from the very from the very beginning. And it makes you wonder not just about whether or not he's going to be at full speed uh, in, in a couple of weeks in, in England, but whether or not he is really going to be able to play the rest of the year and what his career is going to look like from this point forward. You know, I'll address that right now, Jeff. I can see you. you he's just ready to tee up on that one. Yeah. You know, the last the, the, the look he had, I saw it yesterday in Clint Dempsey's eyes. I hate to make the, you know, the <laughs> soccer reference, but... Uh, you're right. You know, that is uh, what we like to refer to, Steve, as swagger. Uh, the Tiger swagger factor could be, uh, you know, it's going to take him a little while to get it back. But uh, the swagger, 
Either you got it or you don't. Well, yeah, and and also, I'll ask I'll, I'll ask this, Steve. It kind of started at his pre-tournament press conference when he actually admitted, "A, I wouldn't have been here except that my foundation is benefiting this." And, and it just for the first time I that I can recall, Tiger sounded like, "I've got I'm 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 here to play as well as I can, but I'd like to win, but I, I don't know that I can." That's exactly right. I don't know that I've ever seen him tee it up when he not only didn't say he was there to win, when he didn't personally have an expectation to win, and you could see it and sense it in his being there, and you just didn't get that sense this week. Um, and look, I mean, everybody knows that when you come back after a layoff, particularly after a surgery and doubly after a back surgery, it's going to take a while to knock the rust off. So I don't think his, his play, missing the cut, was any great surprise to anybody. I think the surprise was the attitude he took about it and, and, and the sort of the, the defeatism that he brought to, to, the, uh, to his attitude at his press conferences. It, it was... It was unlike anything from Tiger we've ever seen. And then throw in the fact that the guy just didn't look didn't look well. Um, he didn't look in shape. He didn't look like uh, the Tiger who is always physically ready to play no matter what. So, I, I mean, it, it, I think it just said a lot. Do you think it's a one-off, or do you think this is a new side of Tiger that we are starting to see? You know, I, I kind of hope it is it is the former. I fear it is the latter. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, you know the guys the guys gotten gotten some age on him now. I mean, look, we all know as you get into uh, as you get into close to your forties or into your forties, you've got so you, know, you have some aches and pains, particularly when you play golf as much as he has, uh, and your body has gone through the kind of transformations that his has. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's a grind, and at some point it becomes a grind. And I'm just wondering if golf right now isn't work for him uh, and if he doesn't have uh, other interests. In previous incarnations of Tiger post-injury, he would have been working for whatever the next major is. To, to hear that he's actually taking some vacation, well, on one hand, that's good. People ought to take vacation. I ought to take more vacation. But... Uh, the old Tiger would have never done that, right? Yeah. No, I mean, he, he would have been grinding and preparing. He would have probably played another event between now and the Open in, in the old days, uh, particularly after that first knee surgery when he, when he needed to come back. I mean, he, he did everything that was necessary to bring himself back to full speed because he wanted to regain that number one spot in the world and, and to, to win major championships. You just don't sense that with him right now. And again, it's early. Maybe this was one. Maybe this was just one week, and and the next tiger we see will be the tiger of old. But look, right now, it just doesn't look promising. Yeah, that's a tough road, you know. Uh, and a back injury will really give you some perspective. Now, uh, you know, you can't even bend over to pick something up off the floor. You know, getting in and out of bed, you know, it starts to be a chore. You know, this needs to be a full recovery from the back injury and, the you know, anybody that's had an injury in the back, you know, a very delicate situation. So his swagger factor could be on hold for a little bit. So, uh, hey, let's move it along here, uh, Global Golf Post, ggp.com. Now we're going right to uh, Jonas Blix, the uh, defending champion up there at uh, the old white course in uh, White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. And, uh, you know, where's Jonas been? He hadn't been, you know, he played pretty well in the majors uh, earlier in the season, but he's kind of cooled off a little, uh, you know, and, and, you know, uh, Golf Channel was showing something about uh, the guys that shot 59 
And, you know, this is a golf course that can be had. You know, fun to watch. I mean, the numbers are low here. It, it, you, if you haven't been there, you should go. I mean, I, I try to put I put uh, the Greenbrier on, on my uh, on my bucket list early, and I think everybody should do likewise. I mean, it's one of those out of the way spots. Um, I rank it with Pinehurst as one of the uh, one of the spots that you just have to go to. It's modern enough in terms of the conveniences, but uh, but it's old world enough that it's it's really a uh, uh, you know if you love the outdoors and you you know you love golf. It's just got so much history there. It's a wonderful spot to go to, and I. I but you're right. I mean, this is a this is a place where the guys can just put up incredible numbers. Uh, you can shoot 60 there and lose. So uh, yeah, I expect a lot of low scores. I don't I don't think we're going to see Jonas Blix. He just isn't putting well enough. But uh, you know, you can expect whoever's going to win is going to go incredibly low. Well, it's one of those courses, isn't it? that no 54-hole leader in this tournament's short history has ever actually won the thing. We've had Stuart Appleby shooting 59, and we've had two other winners come from four shots back in the final round. That's right. That's right. And again, it, it's, a, it's a golf course where uh, it, it's a bit like the hope used to be, where you know no lead was safe because you just never knew what the final round number was going to be. And it was, but you knew it was going to be low. Uh, and, and as you say, people can shoot incredibly low scores and then – Somebody, you know, shoots one right behind you. So, uh, you know, the, the, the hardest the hardest round to play is the one after you've had a career day. And so you hope that that, uh, that, that career number comes on Sunday and not on Friday. All right. Hey, Steve Eubank with Global Golf Post. Give me a little idea, Steve, of how we can get your uh, Global Golf Post uh, Monday morning edition. What do we have to you do? Know, it, it's very simple. You go to globalgolfpost.com. The, script, the subscription is free. It comes at 7 a.m. every Monday morning. And if it's going on in the world of golf, we've got it covered. We have correspondents all over the globe that will uh, keep you abreast of everything. So uh, I hope everybody will go on if they don't read it already. Yeah, Global Golf Post is really cool. You know, you get your amateur scores. You get your scores by uh, states and the, the whole bit. Yeah, we, 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 we do a lot of amateur coverage, and, and we take the global part of the name very seriously. We cover golf everywhere in the world. Very good. Hey, Steve Eubank, thank you for joining us here at the Golf Insiders. Jeff Shane, Rich Bianco, we'll be back here shortly. Take it away, kid. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. If you could just make par. It'd be good just to break par. All right, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Jeff Shane in the house, Rich Bianco. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. And we have a very special guest this evening, Jeff. The one and only Terry Purdom is she... Ah. She is special. She is a really special gal. She does a lot of good work for Florida Golf Central magazine. I mean, has been putting this thing out for years. It's a great, glossy magazine. And uh, big props for Terry Partum. Rich, you say special a lot. Like, people who know me kind of know what you're talking about, which is, uh, oh, yeah, she's special. 
like they want to put a helmet on me and pat it <laughs> and say, oh, what do you do? And I hear that you have good hair because of the hair salon sponsor. That's nice to know. That's my girl, uh, Holly G, uh, you know, putting me in, uh, you know, as the, yeah. pun- as the punching bag, the pinata. Who's, but, in the, uh, who's in the studio with you? I've who's got Jeff guy? Shane. Uh, Jeff Shane is one of our uh, local writers here. He used to write for the Sentinel. The Orlando uh, Birdcage Liner. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Grooving on, grooving (laughs) on, ready for a holiday weekend. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's awesome. You know, July 4th coming up. uh, You know, we had a big uh, soccer night last night. It's all Uh about the USA all the way. Hey, you know, let's talk about your magazine here. Uh, I was thumbing through the the e-version on the uh, Internet and uh, FloridaGolfCentral.com, right? Yeah, and I tell you what. We are launching. We've got some exciting things going on. Yesterday, we went live with the Turf Life website. Now, think about the way Salt Life does. If anybody's been driving down the roads of Florida any time, they can't drive a mile without seeing a truck or a car that proudly has the decal Salt Life, which is all about saltwater enthusiasts. Anybody who's an angler, uh, a surfer, a scuba diver, a boater, it's all about the salt life and their pride to be part of that uh, clique. Well, we, Florida Golf Central, have come out with Turf Life, and we're selling the decals on our website, Turf Life. Uh, you, can go on, you can go on our website or you can go on our Facebook. And one of the things that I think is really cool, and Rich, you'll appreciate this, because Rich B., by the way, comes up with the best ideas. Sometimes if you just sit down and have an adult beverage with him, you can walk away and patent some things, trademark some things, and rip his brain off and, and be a millionaire. And, he, you know, he never knows. Um, he doesn't even know what hit him. But this wasn't one of those. Uh, the, the guys and girls that are the agronomy specialists, the golf course superintendents, the Joel Jacksons of the world, the people who maintain, grow, mow, feed, weed, do all the things that, you know, make that surface so beautiful for us to go out and play the game we love. That's who's getting all turned on. And I learned there's a terminology called turf heads. That's what they all call themselves, the golf course superintendents and the people who, you know, sell the equipment, the tractors, the pins, the flags, the the key markers, all that kind of stuff. That clique of people are the ones that are proudly displaying the turf life decals on the back of their vehicles. And uh, we've launched that website as of yesterday. And then coming up in our next issue, you will see the combination Florida-Tennessee Golf Central. We're kind of bridging the gap and doing a whole southeastern, southern version of Florida Golf Central, including my good buddy Glenn Macon from Knoxville. And um, so that's that's kind of exciting, too. We've got that going on. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Just er, hit the brakes there, little girl. Now, (laughs) you cannot have Tennessee and Florida in the same magazine. It's in the summertime you can, Rich, because a lot of people like to go to the mountains, and especially in the fall. They like to see the fall foliage, and there's no better place in the mountains of Tennessee than that. And it's it's just the launch of Tennessee Golf Central. It will have its own identity, its own piece. But in the next issue, our Floridian advertisers and all the Florida content are going to be mixed in with a little Tennessee Golf Central and it's going to be uh, bonus exposure up in the Smoky Mountains and all over Knoxville, uh, Fairfield Glades, you know, Crossville, which is the 
golf capital of Tennessee, and that's uh, my roots. You know, that's where I come from. Oh, there we have the connection. Hey, you know, I'm a little slow putting the pieces together, gullible as can be. You can tell me anything, and I'll believe it. But uh, I know I love that about you. You know, you know, uh, uh, man. Uh, and, you know, I, I love you for that. And as I was uh, thumbing through your uh, beautiful magazine, you know, I saw uh, Give Kids the World Golf Tournament coming up. Yes. Well, you know, we do about sixty percent of our editorial is charity golf events, and that's another thing I want to reach out to your listeners. Uh, our readers are all about giving. You know, we, we work it, we play it, we mow it, we grow it, and we give on it. And that's one of the big things that we, we're known for is we cover more charity golf events than any golf magazine in the world, not just in Central Florida, not in not in just the state of Florida. But, um, yeah, if you've got a charity golf event and you want us to cover it and you want magazines, we call them, you know, mags for the bags, We'll put magazines and goodie bags. We come out and we do a post editorial. Um, and this time of year, of course, a lot of military. Tee it up for the troops, folds of honor. Um, October's always breast cancer awareness. But we're involved in a ton of different things. Have you ever played in the Give Kids the World event? I'm not sure. Now, uh, you know, I do have short-term memory loss. We all know this, and this is not news. <laughs> <laughs> this is not this news for uh, anybody that's ever listened to this show. Well, but, uh, you know, I kind of like that because when I say or do something stupid, you forget. And it's one of your best qualities. Yeah, that is. Uh, that's what uh, makes me so attractive. Hey, where's Holly G? She's vacationing somewhere? She's absent without leave. I'm so mad at her right now. Oh, uh, kill. Even though she, she said, I, I got to go. Call Terry. <laughs> get her on the show. Yeah. You guys have Call Jeff. Help. We, you know, call in the troops. Yeah, we'll take care of it for her. All right, so I got the cure putter. Can I, can I get a the cure putter? What do I got to do to get a cure putter? People love this putter. Uh, you know why? It, it's Dean Demon's concept, and Dean Demon, everybody knows, was in a commissioner uh, for the PGA Tour for like 25 years, and he um, came up with this weighted system, and it literally is something that everyone has to try. I hate to pimp or sell product from the magazine or online. But this is something that everyone, and especially my senior readers, you know, the active adult community people, they love. They change putters like they change their underwear, yep, which, yep, you know, uh, is the order they get they have to more often. <laughs> um, so not say anything about incontinence there. But if, if there's a reason for someone to look into a new putter, they've got to try the cure. And it's you'll see the weights and the way it looks. Not, you know, like if you like a really pretty putter with a pearl handle handle or something like that, you may first look at it and go, I don't know, it looks kind of funky. But try it. Try it. And uh, I've never been a belly putter kind of girl, but I love this. I think this is the way to go. You know what? And I've got one more thing I want to throw at you. Obviously, you're doing some deep uh, marketing here on this one. Skinny freezers. I know you got a freezer full of these things, and I want to know why. <laughs> I don't have a skinny freezer, you know, uh, oh, going on. Oh, sending them over. I have yeah, what do you got? Like Mai Tais and margaritas uh, skinny freezers? Yeah, they're like, they're like, do you remember the little squeeze tops? Oh, that's yeah, what, <laughs> that's what I want. That's what they are for adults. And um, I, I actually have a, a Hooters, or some, you know, some sort of beautiful model bringing you some. She'll unwrap it and, and hand it to you. That's, oh, that's okay. why we do things here. This is a family show. We you do got, appreciate it, that. It is not a family show. <laughs> you can we put video on the website, right? Yeah, there we go. I like that. That's a great <laughs> idea. Hey. Defend it. But 
go to turf life and everybody get a decal, show the pride for our sport, protect your turf. There we go. I like that. That's your uh, that's your final and one and only plug you're getting tonight. Turf Life. What is it? Turflife.com? Turflife.com. Uh, everybody have a happy fourth and do not blow anything off. Watch those fireworks. And uh, thank you uh, there, Miss Purdom. Always a pleasure having you on. No, thank and, you. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, you're no, listening to you. the uh, Golf Insiders uh, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Hang around. It's going to be me and Jeff Shane duking it out in the studio, the Clear Channel Clubhouse. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really naturally to me. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I get my dentures shining bright. I got a deaf right ear. Those golf carts I can steer Well, we're not young like we once were Why don't you come along, old girl Gonna play the senior tour Well, this place is just right for me Probably can't compete with me But I think I can take GG Be a big star, smoke big cigars I know I'll make it big someday yeah, I'll make it big someday on the fairways of I-4. Taking you home tonight. Got Jeff Shane in the house. Rich B. That Dolphin sounds like Siders. Dana Quigley's life story in that in that song. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, Peter. Peter Jacobson. Yeah, singing with his Jake 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 Flounder. Trout and the, and yeah, the Flounders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's a that's a good one. Now. Uh, have you got an axe to grind here, Mr. Shane? I know you've been uh, writing golf stories for a long time. You've got, uh, you know, your you've got your finger on the pulse of the PGA Tour. What is it that's uh, under your craw right now? Under my craw, I don't know. I'm I am really intrigued by uh, the changes that they're making to the match play. Uh, first, it's a date change. They're taking it out of February, out of the foothills of Arizona where it snows yeah, usually, in late uh, February. Um, and uh, they're, they're taking it to Harding Park in San Francisco. They're going to play it the week before the Players' Championship. And uh, the most intriguing thing to me is that they are changing the format. Instead of it being an NCAA-type 64-man bracket, one and done for 32 guys, uh, everybody's guaranteed three days. Uh, they're going to divide that 64 into 16 groups of four, and for the first three days, everybody will play everybody else in your pod, so to speak. And the group winner will then go into a 16-man bracket for weekend play. Round of 16, quarterfinals on Saturday, semifinals and final on Sunday. It guarantees that the big names will be around at least through Friday night. Yeah, they'll, uh, they're not out of there by Tuesday, <laughs> slamming the trunk and on the way or whatever uh, the first day is. But... Harding Park, okay, let's do the little geography here now. Usually they have it in Arizona, which you would think would have the good weather. Yeah, but they play it in the foothills of Tucson, and being an Arizona native, I knew that was a bad decision to begin with because it does snow. And anybody that ever watched the match play uh, in February can recall seeing some snow on the cacti. Yes. And it It, is chilly, and, uh, boy, it's oh, it's a different kind of cold. 
Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. It's uh, and, uh, it's one that goes through you. So you know. So okay. So geographically, let's move up the coast to uh, San Francisco, where the uh, climate is always crazy. Yes. What is it? Sixty forever there. Well, In except the, uh, for like September, it's like Indian layer. summer there. Yeah. But but yeah, it, it it although it's not it not technically part of the West Coast swing because it's going to be now played uh, in the Wells Fargo Championships uh, slot the first week right. of May. Yeah. So uh, you, you know. got a chance at something a little bit better than than uh, you know California rain in February, which is also just but the, plague I mean, the West it's Coast. always kind of weird weather there anyway, isn't it? I mean. Uh, in in that time of the year, I think it's uh, it's a little chilly. I mean, uh, yeah, it can be, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of baseball fans will tell you that the coldest winter they ever spent was that baseball season at Candlestick. <laughs> hey, we got a baseball reference. Uh, that's pretty good. Soccer reference, baseball <laughs> reference. We got NBA and NFL in there. We'll have oh, uh, gone for the grand slam. Uh, yeah, and my uh, Red Sox are. Uh, Losing to the Cubbies and they, you know, the last couple of days. Geez, I've been really hearing it from my uh, buddy uh, Ray Mack, the Cub fan. He's been laying it right on mm. me heavy. Mm. And uh, you know what? It's uh, it's a good thing. I like the idea of the change in the match play. Kind of keep the people around for a couple extra days. And uh, that is the uh, news press release, I guess, out of the uh, PGA. Well, yeah, that. Well, the, from the PGA Tour. The PGA of America had its own press yeah. release uh touting Harding Park because Harding Park is also getting the PGA Championship in 2020. Uh, and that's the first uh, PGA Championship to go to the West Coast, I think, since Riviera back in the 90s. Yeah, the West Coast doesn't get a whole lot of love when it comes to... Uh, no, uh, major championships. Yeah, that's, that's the USGA has done okay. I mean, they play at Pebble Beach once every nine or ten years. Uh, we've had Torrey Pines once, and they're going to get it again. Uh, I understand, um, but other other than those and, and Olympic Club, um, there just have been no sites. Yeah, was that one up in uh, uh, Seattle? Well, area, yeah, Sally, we are going to Chambers it? Bay. You're right, Chambers Bay outside Seattle next yeah. year, which will be Northwest, like play, yeah. Pacific Northwest. Yeah, so. which will be like playing the British Open a month early. <laughs> and uh, how about yourself? You got anything going on there, Jeff Shane? Uh, what's going on good for you uh, in the? Uh, Writer's world. <laughs> well, I, I do my uh, weekly contributions to PGATour.com, which kind of, uh, we were talking during the break, uh, an extension of, of what uh, we were talking with Terry about, uh, a turf life. Um, I actually have a weekly feature uh, called Turf Talk, where I talk to the superintendent at every PGA Tour event on the calendar when it's their week, and so that's 44, 46 uh, turf stories a year talking to the people whose job it is to watch the grass grow. Wow, you put it like that. It really, uh, <laughs> really, no, but uh, really I, looks a little different. Yeah, I haven't watched the grass grow in quite a while. Well, uh, if, if I still owned a house, you know, maybe I'd start putting this stuff to, to good use in my lawn. But uh, as my wife will say, you know, I've never paid much attention to the lawn in the first place. Why start now? Yeah, and we're definitely growing some grass around here. Everybody's golf course has now got a lot of grass on it. The rough is thick, so here's my uh, my tip of the week. Watch where the ball goes, okay? When it leaves the club face, you actually have to watch it finish and where it rolls out, kind of mark it with a tree or a trap behind the ball so you can go directly to your ball. You don't have to wander around and look for your ball. And this goes for everybody in your foursome. 
you know, this is beginning golf 101 <laughs> that I'm talking about here. But, uh, you know, this is how you keep up the pace of play. Everybody's worried about the pace of play. And the number one reason there's slow play is because people don't watch where the ball goes. Watch where it finishes out so you can go directly to it. But the hard part, and I I, I, I will admit I'm the first to, to have this kind of I'll watch where it goes, and it'll dive into the trees or in the rough or, or the weeds or whatever, and I'll say, okay, it's right there, you know, just off, you know, that that you know, blue steak or that beer can or whatever. And then when I get there, it's like, well, gee, was it to the right of the beer can or was it to the left of the beer can? Well, that's when you look at your playing partner and you say, what, 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 did you see that? You know, I mean, no, it's right around here somewhere. And that's when everybody's over there looking, kind of moving the group forward. You know, this is just a helpful hand. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, uh, it's not rocket science. Every little but, bit uh, helps. You know, you know when, I, when I was a kid, man, if you were a caddy and you missed that ball, you didn't see where it went. There goes your tip. Yeah, <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> and you get a finger, you know, in your face like, yo, bro, you're supposed to watch the ball. But uh, any other thing, you got a bag tag on your, you know, little. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, yeah. 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 Except, except for after being out in the weather so long, you know, eventually the plastic gets brittle and it breaks off. But other than that, uh, yeah, I do. You know, it's kind of like your luggage. You know, you've got uh, your name on your luggage. Everybody should have a bag tag with your name on it. You know, they're not hard to come by, you know, uh, you know, an event or Edwin Watts or somebody's got them. And, uh, yeah, definitely want to have a name on your clubs just so uh, everybody knows where your stuff is. My question is who would want my clubs? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> just so you have some clubs to bring, uh, you know, hey, Jeff, I do appreciate you coming in tonight and spending a few minutes. It's always a pleasure and mm-hmm. uh, good stuff. You know, uh, we've got uh, Terry Purdom with uh, Florida Golf Central. We've got Steve Eubanks with the Global Golf Post to thank, and Bob Herrig as well, ESPN.com. If you want to check those guys out, you can go on the web and check it out. Good stuff, good golf, and uh, Jeff? Any last thoughts? You got a minute to go here, guy. Well, um, believe it or not, we are seven events from the end of the PGA Tour regular season. How's that? The wraparound season is just about over. Yeah, and and uh, so uh, and, it's time to actually start watching and, and the FedEx a, Cup standings. Yeah, that's including the FedEx <laughs> Cup, right? No, that no seven seven weeks left in the regular right. season, then and, you then, four. and then the four afterward. Yeah. All right, cool. And the Ryder Cup standings right now don't look very good for the U.S. Yeah, okay. <laughs> On a good note, we'll end it. All right. This is uh, Jeff Shane, Rich Bianco, the Golf Insiders taking you home. We do appreciate it. Thank you. What's trending on 740 The Game? Matt Marshall, Dental College Football Columnist is here. And usually by now, the